I like that. It's going to be my theme song. So, we open with Bella's impending doom of old age. But to be fair, it's not like this is too out of the ordinary. I mean, being happy with growing old just became a hip thing within the last, like, eight years. So I can't fault her for that. But seeing as though she is in a pretty unusual situation, the unwantedness is a little bit heightened. I don't think unwantedness is a word. Oh well, I'm not re-recording. So, moving along, the hair is still not blended and the wigs are still wigging. Jacob, who has obviously been doing Tybo all summer, makes it known that he wants to spend more time with Bella. I mean, can we blame him? He only had like three lines in the last movie. But they definitely set it up for us to know that we're going to see more of him. In the meantime, we are rushed off to Bella's death trap. I mean, um her birthday party. I would say that it is foolish for any human being to feel so comfortable around a group of vampires to the point they are constantly enclosed in areas alone with them. But this is Bella we're talking about and we know from the first movie, she ain't wrapped too tight. While at this gathering, the unthinkable happens. Bella gets a paper cut that turns into a bloodbath and the toddler, Jasper, attacks. Uh, not toddler. What's it called? Newborn. Newborn, Tyler, baby. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> but who would have saw that coming? I mean, how could we have known that such a thing could possibly take place? Child. Edward has this look on his face as if he's been constipated for the past five days. All because he knows he can't protect her. Not in the way he'd like, which is always. And moments like this reminds him that they exist in two very different realities, leading him to make the most difficult decision of his life. Dumping Bella. He hit her with the, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> I done told you 15 million times that this is not gonna work and you refuse to let it go. You keep offering up your soul when I told you you need it. I am an empty vessel here. I'm speaking from experience. But since loving yourself enough to not throw your life away isn't enough, then how about this? I don't want you anymore, huh? How about that? And you better not do nothing crazy while I'm gone either. Okay, he didn't say it exactly like that, but in so many words he did. So now Bella's all distraught. Running, falling out in the woods, all dramatic. And this shirtless man carries her back home. Charlie thanks him and calls him Sam. But for now, I'm going to call him the shirtless man. So now, Bella's spending all of her time cooped up in her room. Minimal contact with people in her own world. Wait, not me and Bella, the same person. When I say I'm a loner. <laughs> loner, okay. But no, Bella is heartbroken. And if you've ever been in what you thought was love, then chances are that you've experienced the same after breakup depression. Not wanting to go anywhere, constantly thinking of the person, crying, can't sleep, don't want to eat, lightweight stalking the friends and family just to get a glimpse of them. Like, it's a lot. So I'm not even going to act like I don't get it because I do. But her dad is over it. He like, look, you don't have to move back with your mom. 
<laughs> I don't know what to do. And of course, she refuses and convinces him by telling him she's gonna hang out with old friends. If I was those girls, she would have been left on scene. That phone would have rang and went to voicemail and I would not have called her back because no. I can't stand when people get so wrapped up in their relationships, they completely neglect their friendships. And then when it doesn't work out, they wanna come spend time with you again. Nope, I'm busy. I'm busy, don't even worry about it, I'm busy. I, I, girl, I can't, I'm busy. <laughs> but they welcomed her back with open arms and Bella realizes something. The reason why Edward doesn't want her to do anything reckless is because even from a distance, he'll feel inclined to save her. So now she has a way to see him again. This is so dramatic. So she hops on the back of this random guy's motorcycle because yeah, that's smart. And Edward is popping up telling her to stop. So of course she's going to do it again. He should have just ignored her so she can move on, but I digress. So she goes to our good friend Jacob's house so he can fix on some motorcycles. Sis is checking him out, all impressed by his physique. He making her laugh and they have good chemistry. It's not the painful, dreadful conversation that she always seems to have with Edward. But of course, he's the one that's in the friend zone because that's the only option. And Charlie even tells her like, look, love the person that loves you. Edward is a good for nothing piece of sh for leaving you like this. And I never liked him anyway. Well, he didn't say it like that, but he wanted to. I'm with Charlie on this one, forget Edward. But she wasn't really trying to hear it. So she continues to spend time with Jacob while spending time with Edward, you know, the whole adrenaline thing. And she starts to see Jacob, like really see him. Jacob doesn't quite know what to do with this information thing as though he's been interested and she's just now kind of coming around talking about, you're sort of beautiful. What does that mean? Do we go together or not? <laughs> so they end up on a throuple date to see Face Punch. Why they didn't change the name of the movie after this first draft of the script, we may never know. But it is Crush versus Crush, vowing for Bella's hand at the theater. And then we really get to see a moment where Jacob is pretty much fed up with Bella and her games. He's like, you clearly know that I'm into you and you're into me. You think I'm sort of beautiful. So do we go together or not? Okay, well, he didn't say it like that, but he wanted to. But of course, she's so hopelessly devoted to Edward that she can't think straight. So Mike, who I completely forgot was on this throuple date, comes back from puking his brains out. Jacob, who is already feeling away because of Bella, threatens to put Mike in the hospital. And here is where it gets good. This is the moment I've been waiting for because up until this point, Jacob has kind of been pointless. Like, let's just be real, just taking up space. Well, the next time we see Jacob, the lace front is no longer and the body is ripped. Raindrops trickling down outside with no shirt on, just trying to get sick. So Bella steps to him like, what is going on with you? Why haven't you answered my phone calls? And Jacob flips the script. Not only does he all of a sudden not want anything to do with her, but he knows about the Cullens. I mean, he knew before, but now he really knows. If I was Bella, I would have felt some type of way. Granted, she doesn't deserve him even as an associate, let alone a friend or boyfriend. But it's like, 
what happened to you fawning over me? Like, let's get back to that. Wasn't happening. So Bella goes on by her merry way and she runs into Laurent in the middle of the woods all alone. Victoria is back on the prowl. Edward killed James and like I said on the first Twilight, she don't play about her man. And she sent her little errand boy to go fetch Bella. But before Laurent could get her, he got got. Huge wolves. They run and you can see the ground shaking. A terrifying sight. So Bella runs back home and tells Charlie. And at this point, I feel like Charlie should just send her back home with her mama. Because why are you in the woods? Just send her home, Charlie. Just send her home. Charlie's homeboy, Harry, standing over in the corner while she explains what she saw. And you can just tell he's thinking like, uh-uh, now she's trying to figure some stuff out. Alert everybody. So later that night, Jacob crawls into the window, being all nice and sweet. Oh, Bella, if only you knew. What you mean if only I knew? Didn't you just go off on me the other day when I was trying to talk to you? Don't come over here with that. Move, move. But of course, Bella. Oh, Jacob, let's run away together so I can friends on you in another state. Girl gone. But later that night, it finally clicks. She finally puts it all together. At least she thinks so. She steps to Jacob's homeboys, trying to confront them like she's the big bad wolf, not knowing that their bite matches her bark, literally. And Jacob is one of them. Again, nothing about any of this makes this girl reconsider the company she keeps. I mean, what will it take? You're not the first monsters I've met. Girl, if you don't go home. Where's my phone? I'm calling Renee myself. Hello? Come get this child of yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everybody is trying to save Bella at this point. The wolf pack is out here hunting down Victoria. Edward and his family still on paid leave. Charlie is hunting down the wolves while Harry literally covers their tracks. Everybody is preoccupied and no one is giving attention to misabandonment issues, AKA Bella. So what does she do? Jumps off a cliff so that she can see Edward. She's getting on my nerves. I mean, I know we've all done stupid things in the name of love, but come on. Luckily for her, Jacob was there. Now the car ride home was interesting because on one hand, you've got them connecting all snuggled up together. On the other hand, there's a very real conversation about the reality of what it would mean to be with someone like Jacob, the dangers that may arise. And all the while I'm thinking, you still in the friend zone, player? <laughs> you think because she warmed her hands up in the car, you're in the clear? Boy, bye. <laughs> Upon dropping her off, he smells something and it stinks. It is indeed a vampire. Alice, to be exact. The same vampire who had continuously ignored all of Bella's letters. And Bella clearly can't take a hint. How you keep reaching out? to somebody who is outright ignoring you. Those abandonment issues just seep through her. So Alice starts going off about how Bella jumped off the cliff and she didn't know what happened. Alice and Jacob start arguing about who can kill who. Jacob tries to make another move on Bella and the phone rings. This is one of the coldest things I have ever seen. When he answers the phone, 
and says, Charlie's not here. He's planning a funeral. Whoa. <laughs> he knew, he knew that that would trigger Edward. But where he messed up is that it also triggered Bella. If you're trying to get with somebody, the last thing you want to do is piss them off. You were working your way up and now you're not even in the friend zone. You're a work friend associating with you only when I absolutely have to. Nobody else is here. I guess I'll talk to Jacob until I clock out. But anyways, Edward being all dramatic decides because Bella isn't here, I don't want to be here either. The dumbest thing ever. Have you ever heard the saying there are plenty of fish in the sea? Now that you know that it is possible to find love with a human or a vampire or whatever else you're into, why are you stuck on her? Go get you a gallon of ice cream and watch crappy love movies while you cry your eyes out for three weeks like the rest of us. I mean, yeah, her death would warrant a little bit more than that, but you get the point. This Romeo and Juliet crap is so played out. It was played out when this movie was made. It was played out when Shakespeare wrote it, but I digress. Bella saves him from the ultimate forever after, and now he's all chummy. Oh my goodness, I can't believe you're here. I can't go on without you. And she's all, what do you mean? I thought you said, it, it doesn't make sense that you love me. You think? I think we all can agree. None of this makes sense. So this whole commotion is interrupted by a group of misfits who bring Edward and Bella to the lead singer of Kiss, Arrow. Or the Volturi for the young blush bunnies who've never heard of Kiss. They basically wanna know what's up with this human? Why is she all up in the vampire Kool-Aid? What makes her so special? They were in there trying to read her mind, torture her and everything in between. They threatened to kill Edward and she says, take my life instead. And the only thing that prevented this from happening is the fact that Alice reassured them that Bella would become a vampire in the near future. Now, when they go back to the Cullen house and vote on whether or not they will turn her, the only people that I fully agree with are both on opposing sides, Carlisle and Rosalie. Carlisle is like, listen, you over here being melodramatic, acting like you can't live without this little girl, and I'm not about to lose you over this foolishness. Rosalie is like, I've already made myself clear. This is not the life you want. I mean, sure, I'm not too fond of you, but this is really in your best interest. But the ultimate vote from the family is yes. They've decided to turn her into a bloodsucker. Guess who has a problem with this? Our friendly neighborhood werewolf. Jacob has been against this from the start and I feel it has little to do with Edward and more to do with Bella. He truly wants her to live a good normal life but because Bella just likes to make her life harder, she's dead set against it. He tells her like, listen, if you become one of them, you will literally be my enemy. And she's just like, oh, well, nice knowing you. Like, what is it about Edward that has her so sprung? That's just making her throw her whole life away and everybody in it. I am missing it. <laughs> I have to be missing it. And of course, it puts the nail in the coffin. <laughs> nail in the coffin. When he asked her to marry him. Oh, that just made her day. There's no turning back now. Child, I can't. I'm Team Jacob. This movie solidified it. The first movie, we didn't get much of him in his wig, but this one did it for me. I'll elaborate on that more 
in the next episode. With this Twilight Saga, I'm just going to continue with light commentary and a blush synopsis. These movies have been sliced and diced as far as analysis goes. Not really anything new that I can add to the conversation, so I'll just keep it simple. I'm still trying to figure out my format for the podcast. I'm used to relying on visual cues with the YouTube channel, so I really need to dig into my storytelling bag for this. It's gonna be a challenge, but it'll be fun. So bear with me on that. Be sure you are subscribed or following the podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast. Just go ahead and click the five star. You know, just make it easier on everybody. Just hit the five. (laughs) Thank you for listening. As always, I'm all ears. Until next time. Bye.